0: A Lifetime original podcast. Megan, we love each other. Yeah, we do. I love a Lifetime movie.
1: Unbreak my movie. Sexual chestnut tones, okay? We gotta get Tuesdays with Maury up in the rotation. So, honey,
0: they said we're gonna get him either way. He gonna inhale it, he gonna drink it. We gonna get him.
1: I didn't know. I signed the
0: paper. Megan,
1: I need you to get it together. Good lord.
2: Listen, Alice. I know you're still bitter about what your husband did to you. And I'm sure you have a lot of unanswered questions, but at some point you have to move on with your life. What are you talking about? Not everything is a clue to some great mystery from your past. Something suggests a coincidence. Nothing more. Let it go. Wait a minute, hold up. Is there something
3: I should know about? Because it sure as hell feels like You don't want to do this, Hollis.
2: You don't want any part of my world. Trust me.
1: Hello, and welcome to I Love a Lifetime movie. I am Megan Gailey. Joined, I would say as always, but she goes <laughs> in and out, but you know it's a treat when she's here, my beloved Naomi Ekparrigan.
0: Megan, that is so sweet of you to call me beloved because you know I write about you in my diary every night. I say, wow. today I'm grateful for baby Maggie. Oh. And you know who else I'm grateful for? Meeting Peggy. Yes, wow. listeners, I got to meet her. Okay. The living legend that is Peggy Gailey. And she did not disappoint. I'm gonna tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> um my baby shower was this past week end, Um, and so Naomi and I were together in person, which we always love, and yes, my mom was there in a tiny green dress um, with her little tiny hair, and (laughs) she, when I told her I was recording today, she was like, please tell Naomi hi. You know, my dad now obviously feels very left out, Um, but it was big time for a lot of people to meet you, too. Someone, A family friend texted me yesterday and was like, it was really huge for me to meet. Naomi, and I was trying to <laughs> play it cool. I had a Chicago friend who was very excited to meet you, so it was a it was a circle of excitement. Ooh, you were wow. excited for Peggy, and then people were excited for you. Well, I felt that love in the air. It was, a you know, the
0: energy was iconic. You know, you were in a low Valentino heel, which really set people a <laughs> buzz. Um, you can see, I did post a picture on Maine of me and Megan, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. Because Megan said, the fans demand it. And she was right. And that's really true. But also, can we talk about Peggy? So I'm chatting with y'all. Then Peggy, I was I mentioned how Andy was there, and then she's like, "Where's Andy? I want to meet him." So she, so we, I bring her over, and we're all talking. Do you know what Peggy tells us about? She tells us about multiple mob. Possibly mob-related murders that took place off of Niagara Falls, off the falls.
1: And how did... Like, it's like... And, you know, I know all her hits. And so that's definitely in the rotation. Maybe it's a B-side track. But it's like, how do you even get there at a baby shower?
0: I know. That's a really good question. Because I did wonder myself once we were talking. Mm -hmm. I was like, how did we get here? And it was like... I think it was just sort of like, you know, the whole, where are you from chit chat? And, you okay. know, I started with like, you know, her as queen of Indiana. But then she was like, oh, no, I'm from, you know, I'm from near Niagara, Niagara Falls. Falls. And then yeah. it all it all begins. And then she also said about how there was some ex of yours who came to help you move. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then at the end of it, you, Peggy was like, don't hurt her again, because I know mm. people. Mm. And mm-hmm. I was deceased. Do you know what she's talking about? Did that happen, Peggy? Oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: She, and and the thing is it's like i think everyone she knows in the mob is dead now like, i think they like i think they're retired aged out it's also hilarious to brag about mob connections to a woman born and raised in new york city um she's like you know people i know people um but i am yes i do know exactly what she's talking about and uh, to CJ's credit, he never got the mob um, like threatened. Like okay. it, th- that yeah, was yeah, yeah. never that was never brought to him. So I guess she believed in him from the beginning. What she did get for him was two epipens when CJ and I started dating because he's deathly allergic to so many things. And she said, "I don't know if Megan's going to find another nice man, so we got to keep this one alive."
0: So she gave him some Eppies and said, don't you die yeah. on us, CJ. We yes. got a lot riding on you.
1: Bless. And this is when they were price gouged, too.
0: Oh, my you God. Yeah, an epi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She used her connections to get that.
1: That's her own mob. We, the we medical mob. Life, we need a Lifetime Big Pharma movie, okay? Oh, my
0: God. Yes. That would be so good. But speaking <sighs> of, you know, what we need to do and what's coming up, we got to talk about this movie because yes. this was... I call it, the overall theme I will call this film is sexual chestnut tones, okay? (laughs) And you will come to understand why, dear listener, okay? (laughs) Today we are talking about the first in what will be a series of films. I'll say that right now. We're talking about Fallen Angels Murder Club, colon, Friends to Die For. Ooh, I love so much title. Now, this movie is about Hollis Morgan Played by R&B queen, Toni Braxton. Unbreak
1: my movie. Uh, I was like, get Toni in a shower the whole time. I'm like, I need her in a shower crying. (laughs) Well, here
0: she's Hollis Morgan and Hollis don't be crying, okay? Hollis is recently out of prison after serving time for an insurance fraud scheme concocted by her ex-husband. But when a member of her book club is murdered, Hollis once again becomes the subject of police scrutiny. Refusing to get stuck with another bad rap, Hollis sets out to find the real murderer herself. And if you didn't catch the premiere, you can purchase it on the Apple TV
1: app, Amazon Prime Video, Voodoo Fandango, and Google Play. And before we get into today's episode, Naomi and I have some very exciting news. We just found out that we got nominated for a Webby award, which is the best of the best of the internet. That's the biggest thing on earth. The internet. We are so excited. It is all based on voting. So if you are amazing listeners could vote for us, that would be amazing. We are nominated in the best interview slash talk show category. And you can vote for us by going to vote.webbyawards.com. And that's Webby, W-E-B-B-Y. So again, it's vote.webbyawards.com in the best interview slash talk show category.
4: Wow, we are thrilled.
1: Okay, so we open on a dramatic cigar drop. It was. It was V dramatic. A Cubano, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, and then we see, you described it as multi It was um, a multi-culti
0: and- wealthy group.
1: Yes, and they are in sort of, like, a lofted apartment. Yeah, industrial Um, vibes. Yeah, very lovely. Um, Maybe, like, what he would have in big, but if it wasn't (laughs) decorated by a 12-year-old and was decorated by, like, a grown-up. (laughs) <laughs> um, and they all, they're a part of a book club and they read a murder mystery and they all hated it. Yes. And at this point, for some reason, I thought they were all realtors. <laughs> I don't know now, why. Now is that because, and, that, and I'll tell you why Again, this is, this comes back to like that
0: chestnut sexual overtones, because first of all, everybody here is giving us ethno-ambiguo. They're all a yeah. shade of brown, which we love to see. And they're all dressed to the nines. Like for yes. people in a book club, it's like two dudes are in a, are in suits. All three women are in just like an amazing couture dressed ensemble. Dress with heels. Yes, dress with heels to book club. I thought book club was about like sweatpants
1: and white wine. I've never been yeah, in one. Casseroles. Definitely. I like, I'm not in a book club because I'm too lazy to be in one. <laughs> and yeah. these people are doing red carpet looks. Right. Um, and it, rem- so I love this book series called the Thursday murder club. And oh. it's about elderly people in a retirement community in the countryside of England who mm. solve murders. So. Oh, okay. That sounds amazing. What's exciting is this is a genre. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like watching this. I was like, okay, You know, this isn't even the first like club murder that I (laughs) that I've dove into. Um, So we find out that the friends are all felons. Well, see, Megan, Uh, no, we can't. We got to step that part
0: out.
5: Okay, okay. It was just not very believable. Come on, a group of misfits coming together to form some sort of society, really. But that coming from a member of a book
2: club comprised of ex-felons?
3: Oh, whatever. (laughs) Listen, guys, I'll take you ex-felon
6: misfits over any law-abiding citizen any day. I second that. To the fallen angels, may we continue to spread our wings and soar.
0: They're all felons, you guys. They're bonded (laughs) by being ex-cons who have formed a book club. And we will find out that the book club they all came together because they had the same parole officer. Okay. Yes. The parole officer was like, I thought you guys should hang out together. And they were they're like-
1: intellectual felons. They are. And, they but are. Like, I did, I did laugh at multiple points when more details about the book club were revealed. I like never- it was just <laughs> like, I have never in my life, not even heard of imagined such a group being brought together for a book club.
0: <laughs> okay. So I, you know, we're going to there are a lot of names here, okay? Because we got a lot of club members. So I'm just going to tell couldn't. you them real quick and we're going to like obviously say them a lot so you guys can just kind of follow along, okay? We've as you we said Tony Braxton, she's Hollis. Her name's yeah. Hollis Morgan. I hate the name. I never don't. We, then we also have Jean, uh-huh. and that's a male Jean. We have Rena, a sexy fashion gal. We have a gorgeous black lady who we don't really know what she does. And then we have this guy named Miller, who's like the awkward tech of the group, who I was convinced was the killer from the very beginning.
1: Uh (laughs) He looked very familiar. And I looked at his IMDb and I've definitely seen things he was in, but there was no like light switch moment for me. It was like, he's a working actor. I have seen him. We also get a rundown of all of their jobs, fashion, real estate, Hollis is a, it, like they allude to being a lawyer, but I'm. She's pretty, a paralegal she, who wants yes. to be a lawyer. Yes. Yes, because yes, you cannot yes. be a felon and a lawyer, exactly. at least depending on the state you're in. Well, no, that's why, know. but that's why she's trying
0: to get her record expunged. Because that's I know, also but part I was of really
1: this. proud of myself that that flagged for me at the beginning. <laughs> because I do know a white Jewish rapper who was a felon who then became a lawyer, and maybe he Wait, had is it that, expunged. Is that our lawyer? Are you talking about the man who represents us both? (laughs) No, he is. (laughs) Michael is not a rapper as far as I know. But if Uh, you got him talking about the Dodgers, I bet he would do a freestyle for us. So then our last person we get
0: is Rory. And Rory's one of the guys in the suits. And he has a mansion, a brand new mansion he bought. And so he's like, book club, let's go. Come to my new mansion, see my new house. Drinks and cigars are my
5: place, huh? Who's down? If there's some kind of snacks you can count me in. You had me a drinks.
1: I'm not switching locations at this point. You know, like they're who that's what I was curious too. Whose loft is this? Well, this is the thing. Apparently Rory owns that loft too. And it's like, why are we moving to a different location? Exactly.
0: You should have book club in the new house. But look, maybe they can only get the location for a couple hours. You know LT. They be filming this stuff real quick. (laughs) And this is
1: high end. I will say this
0: film felt Shonda land. You put that in the notes and I was like, accurate. And that's, again, part of the multi culty. We're all brown. We're all gorgeous. And, you know, you'll follow us to the ends of the earth. How many of us are going to end up sleeping together? It's Mm -hmm. very Shonda. It was very Shonda. So at Rory's house, again, Miller, the tech guy, he seems really uncomfortable the whole time. And Rory's like, you know, thank you for your friendship. I I was able to get this because of you guys. And, you know, it's all very, like, heartwarming. But Miller's like, ew, stop talking. I'm going to get some air. But then Rory keeps getting calls, and he's yelling at someone. And immediately, Hollis is like, okay, something is up with Rory. And as everyone's leaving... She tries to talk to him, and he's not having it. Listen.
2: Listen, Hollis. I know you're still bitter about what your husband did to you. And I'm sure you have a lot of unanswered questions, but... at some point, you have to move on with your life. What are you talking about? Not everything is a clue to some great mystery from your past. Something suggests a coincidence. Nothing more. Let it go. Wait a minute, hold up. Is there something
3: I should know about? Because it sure as hell feels like. You don't want to do this, Hollis.
2: You don't want any part of my world. Trust me.
1: Okay, well. Okay. Okay, well, you're really coming in hot. There's also been this, um, the cigar is like immediately brought back from the credits. Um, they're like $30,000. I, I couldn't even nail down if it was a box or a cigar, per cigar. I think I was like, a box. What? I think a box. It's like $30,000 for a box of these fancy cigars. Did you really spend $30,000 on
3: a box of smelly cigars?
2: Hmm. That's what they cost, but not what I paid for them.
0: Oh and my gosh. she immediately, of course, like, recognized it because she's like, okay, my ex used ex, to have those cigars. Yeah. She has a cigar so. flashback.
3: <laughs> you know, I was looking at these cigars. I've seen these before, like, a few years back. And I remember them because my friend who had them wasn't really a cigar smoker. And he definitely couldn't afford $30,000 cigars. But his was in, like, you know, a regular box, though, not a fancy humidor. Where'd you say you got these?
2: They were a gift. Oh.
3: I guess someone in Philly likes giving away $30,000 cigars, huh?
0: So then when, when Hollis leaves, Rory goes inside and he drinks a bunch of brandy, which I thought was very funny because I was like, who drinks brandy? who's under the age of 70 and who's not British,
1: you know? Yeah, it was very Agatha Christie. Exactly. Um, Like, it's incorporating, like, other parts of murder mysteries, too. And I love a murder mystery. So, (laughs) I was thrilled. Well, and so immediately he drinks that brandy, and I'm
0: like, mm. And what happens? Mm -hmm. Within two seconds, he clutches his chest, drops the glass. Obviously, your man Rory's been poisoned. Okay? Yeah. So...
1: Um, Rory dead. So then we see a skyscape and I'm like, what city are we in? I was so, (laughs) it gave New York vibes. And then, um, this is, uh, you know, this is really difficult for me. We come to find out we're in Philadelphia. Um, yes, yes, yes. And so maybe going from the loft to the mansion, that's what I kept thinking, Travel-wise, I was like, to be in Manhattan, to then go to, like, Westchester right. or Connecticut or Jer- like, that's too far. Yeah. But we're, like, we're in downtown Philly and we go to the, we go to, like, a, a rich street in Philly. That could be 10 minutes. Right. Okay. Right. So, next day, Hollis gets to her job at a law firm. And she has, like, kind of a schoolgirl, awkward, like, I have a crush on you, hello, with Avery. Okay, yes. A.K.A. Eddie Cibrian, hello, aka husband of Leanne Rhimes, AKA, aka ex-husband of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Brandy Landfill.
0: Well, well, well. As soon as I see Cibrian, I said, "Okay, it's about to pop off." Wow. I think he has such a sketchy face. Like even oh, when he man. smiles, I'm like,
1: he looks nefarious to me. I find him to be nefarious. Okay, so I was like, he's gone salt and pepper. Love it. (laughs) And he is, he maybe had Botox at some point, but he has not had Botox recently. The forehead was giving movement. And I was like, what a choice. I wonder if Leanne weighed in on this.
0: I thought he looked so good. He did look so, so good. good. I thought hot. he looked so like, oh my God. I was like, he's aging gracefully. But it's interesting you said the movement, because I was like, did he have work done? No. I was like, or but he looked really good. So good for him and Leanne. They found something that works for them. Okay.
1: Yes. And he cheated on Brandy Glanville. I think with multiple people, Leanne included, um, yes. but one of them was this woman Sheena Marie, who then that became the launching starting point of a Bravo series called Vanderpump Rules. Oh so like wow! Eddie Cibriano Eddie okay, has okay. never been on Bravo, but he has brought yes hours of television right, drama into right, right, my right, right, life. Right, right. So I see him, and I also go. Hi, <laughs> you know, like I, he he's he keeps me beating my heart, not everything I
0: mean, else. Thank you, thank you, Megan. I need you to get it together. Good lord. Okay. Well. So then basically we see, there's like this work kind of undertone and the whole time I was kind of like, why are we going back to work? I don't really care. But basically what you learn, and this is where I felt that the the entire hue of this film is chestnut, okay? Because Tony is obviously a cocoa queen. She's doing like a brown muted lip. There's exposed Mm -hmm. brick behind her. Even Cibrian's got a tan. The other lawyer, Mark. Like everything is just like chestnutty and warm. It's very fall. It's very cozy to me. And, I mean, I'm not really sure what kind of law they do, but basically you see— Estate planning? Well, that was part of it. So the first person you see her meet is this old woman who's like, I want to get my affairs in order, and I want to make sure my trifling son don't take my money. And Mm -hmm. I remember being like, okay, why? But let's just stay with it, okay? This is what Hollis is doing, and she's also hoping to, you know, take the bar exam and become an actual lawyer. Because basically after that, they go back to the cool house for book club. The loft. The loft. The cool, yeah, the cool house I call the loft, the
1: mansion. You call is the mansion. The mansion. Okay. We're, you know? we're getting our um vernacular down. Exactly. And then an in walk
0: detectives Lincoln and Faber. Detective Lincoln is a
1: sour gorgeous,
0: face. sour face, ethnoambiguo queen. Gorge, who, though. Gorge, Gorge, of course. And, but she like. Is so, I hate her for, immediately because she's like so distrusting. She has such an attitude. Mm-hmm. She's really sarcastic. And I'm like, dial it back, lady. We yeah. get it.
1: And then the opposite is Detective Faber, who is a smoke show. <laughs> like, you love Detective moment Faber. Moment one, I was like, hello. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that noticed. I'll just say that. Okay, yes. so they show up to... The Loft, which is owned by Rory, who is now dead.
7: Mr. Sharma was found dead in his home last night.
8: No, no, we just saw him.
5: Uh, what in the world happened?
7: Suspected poisoning. Forensics, early screening showed signs of poison in the brandy and on a cigar in the ashtray. Well,
6: how did you up? We found it in his car. There's a tag with this address on it.
7: And we... We weren't expecting to find anyone else here, so. Yet.
6: Here you all are. I'd
7: like to ask you all a few questions.
6: Of course. Yeah.
7: Well, from the looks of it, Mr. Charm was killed by someone he knew. There were no signs of forced entry.
3: What is this? Some sort of book
1: club? Yes. Um, yeah, and, the, and <laughs> what was funny to me is this is the next day, and I'm like, wait, so the book club is meeting every day?
0: I know that's funny. Okay. I'm like, you all have jobs, clearly. How are you talking about this book, especially because you all agree you didn't like the book? Why are we back?
1: Uh, are we reading new books every week? Like <laughs> no. it, it just seems. And then I'm like, where are your where are your loved ones, your significant others? Did you lose them all when you went to jail?
0: Okay. Um, so then the cops question them one at a time, and. Immediately, Miller, you know, the weird techie guy who always seems uncomfortable to me, and Abby, the strong black woman who we don't really know what she used to do, they immediately, when they have to talk to the cops, they're like, oh yeah, Hollis stayed late. We don't know what she was doing.
7: We all left for house around the same time. But uh, except Hollis, she stayed later
1: which she did. <laughs> she did she did but, damn. Leave, with them. She but did damn, leave with them but damn but Megan know. how quickly they sold her out they're like uh-uh, I don't even know And well <laughs> tr- uh, no true 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 yes and so then they are obviously questioned Hollis
7: according to your friends you stayed and talked to Mr. Sharma after everyone left so what'd you talk about
3: cigars cigars expensive cigars.
6: And are you a uh,
8: cigar enthusiast?
3: No.
7: Did your conversation with Mr. Sharma become unpleasant at any point?
3: Mm. Rory and I were always known to speak our minds. We had that kind of relationship.
7: Did the two of you have an argument last night?
1: No. Which isn't entirely true. Exactly, they didn't have a fight, but they weren't like they, chill. They weren't planning a dinner. Either. Exactly.
0: I mean, they heard the tension. We played them that clip of the full tension. So exactly. It's like you knew. Yeah, you didn't just leave. It was like obviously he was like stay out of my world. So it's like okay, well. But the thing we do discover is that Rory was killed just like the character in the book that they were reading. Wow.
4: I Can you imagine?
0: This. So that is the poison in the brandy as well as poison on the cigar. So, um, honey, they said, we're going to get him either way. He's going to inhale it. He's
1: going to drink it. We're going to get him. And at this point, now I'm going on one month of trying to get my husband to take me to see Death on the Nile. Because I, <laughs> I'm i an Agatha disciple. I, I love the books. <laughs> I just love her. And I was like, I don't need Death on the Nile. I've got Death on the, is there a river in Philly?
0: No, I don't know. Death, death on, on the, the Liberty de Bell. Death on the death, Liberty Bell. Death
1: on the Liberty Bell. I was like, <laughs> this is layered. Okay, so then next day, or maybe it's not, who knows, yep. Hollis goes to see her parole officer who like, is in a really nice office, has yes. a really nice suit and looks yeah. rich. And it's like, <laughs> you're I not don't... a parole officer. <laughs> that, he felt like a state attorney general. I know. I was like, you're a judge. You're a local yes.
0: man of power, but maybe you need that kind of power to put a book club of felons together because exactly. he yes. was the one who goes, I thought I could save you. And yes. so he's like, very sad to hear that Rory died this is and, Jeffrey. Jeffrey is his name. No, I know, but Jeffrey's sad about Rory's death. Yes, because he's yes. like, oh, he's like, I wanted to save you guys, but then he's, but then they're also talking about Hollis again, who's trying to get this letter. She, well, she's trying to petition to get her record expunged because what she went to jail for was not her fault. She was conned herself, and she ended up taking the fall. And Jeffrey is like, so listen,
7: I read your letter, your statement here. I uh, read it mm-hmm. twice, actually. Yeah. yeah, I cried both times. It's it's compelling as hell, but uh, I really think you need to add something, like another letter by your mom, your dad, like your sister, a distant cousin, somebody. Jeffrey,
3: you know I can't ask my family. I know.
7: I know they still blame you for your ex burning them on that promissory deal, but you know what? That was a long time ago. It's time to forgive and forget. Life is short. Ain't that the truth.
0: But then they have a nice little combo and a goodbye, and you definitely get the sense that Hollis and Jeffrey are friends, right? Like she's yes. like, gives him a little kiss in the cheek. It's like, bye, you're the best. And then immediately, did you see uh, Jeffrey drink some brandy as she was, I was like, he's going to die.
1: I immediately thought thought he was going to die. I thought he was going to die too. Or I was like, Jeffrey's bad. Um, Because like a rich parole officer, my spidey senses are definitely going off. I don't know. It's rude of me. I don't even know one parole officer, but I'm like this, I just don't think they have that desk. The ones Um, I've seen are very casual. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. They're cash.
0: They want you to come. At a Burger
1: King, not at their like Restoration Hardware office. <laughs> okay, so then we are at the um, like the viewing, the po- or like after the, post, yeah. the funeral, yeah, because it's at the loft. No, it's at um, the mansion. Which... Oh my god, is that we were at the loft? No, the funeral was at the mansion because you remember
0: oh, you like gosh. come in and you see everyone giving us funeral couture. They're like all in gorgeous black numbers, and then you see Rory's. Uh, girl, her. He's like what girlfriend of
1: three weeks, His girlfriend Farah, yeah. um, and and she is, yeah. You describe it young, confused, and weird. At this <laughs> point, we're really, we really are setting up what would be like a dinner party murder mystery. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many characters, yeah, and there's such like funny prototypes, like. I would want to be Farrah um, yes. because she's like <laughs> you know and it's like maybe you killed him maybe you're drunk maybe you are maybe you blew like the caterer from the funeral she's all over the place
3: yes yes you must be Bori's book club friends yeah. yes yeah you know it's so funny he used to carry on about you in the books but I never actually saw him read anything
5: sounds about right yeah
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> we're so sorry for your loss we all really loved i for one enjoy reading ah
6: <laughs> i read all the time oh just kind of feels
1: like i never even really knew him kind of feels like the last 3 weeks didn't even count excuse me <clears throat> and so they talk about how he had a lot of girlfriends and then they decide to split up and search the house while they're in it <laughs> for potential clues. And I love that
0: Jeffrey, you know, the one probably attorney general, he's like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, it's like, stop rummaging around a dead man's home when y'all were the last people to see him alive. You
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-oh, This is what, listen, this is what happens with the Thursday murder club. They, they take it into their own hands. And that's why we're following them. Because if they just remained a book club, there would not be a film about them. Um, (laughs) If they left it up to Lincoln and Faber, different series. Nothing would ever get done.
0: So So, speaking of though, speaking of Lincoln and Faber, while Hollis is in Rory's bedroom looking around, Detective Faber comes in. mm. Your favorite, Megan. And Mm -hmm. he's got a little something to say. Listen to this. Why
7: don't you tell me your book club was some kind of support group for ex-cons? Because we're not. We're a book club. For ex-cons. Every member has a criminal record. Some even have ongoing files at the Bureau. Rory Sharma, cocaine possession. Rita Martinez, racketeering. Miller Thornton, computer fraud. Gene Donovan, lying to a federal agent. And then there's you. Three years for insurance fraud. You forgot about one. <gasps> That's right. Abby Caldwell. Big question mark, that one. Did you know that Mr. Sharma saved you and his contacts as Rebecca Lindley? I'm no guessing from the look on your face, that answer is a no. No, I
3: I, I never told him my name. I I didn't know. Would
7: well, did it surprise you to find out that you and Mr. Sharma have a common acquaintance? That is, outside your book club. So, are you trained to speak in riddles, or what? Sharma was an associate of your ex-husband, Miss Morgan. Bill Lindley.
3: Okay.
7: Well, you don't seem surprised.
0: Okay. This tells us what everyone did. This moment lets us know why they're all felons. Everyone except for Abby. We still don't know, but basically, Mm -mm. we know these are white-collar crimes. And in this moment, this is when we learned that Hollis is a fake name, which made me feel slightly better, but I really didn't like it.
1: Yeah, her real name is Becky, and yes, that's Rebecca. a real twist. It's a real like- twist on uh, what we've been calling white women for <laughs> decades now at this point. I know. Um. So... Faber asks if she knows where her ex-husband is. And she's like, no. And we also learned that her ex-husband got zero time for yeah, this. Like, no she present. went to jail. She took the fall. Oh, my gosh. I am furious.
0: I know. I know. It was just so crazy. Because basically, Ugh. he, like, tricked her and basically had her sign a bunch of documents. So now it's on her. And it's like, oh, okay. So you, you never loved her. Okay? If you were legit, like, will you sign these papers and be on the hook for whatever may come? He is the worst, I hate him yeah. and I haven't even yep. seen him yet. But that night, Hollis starts to put together, this is what I love, okay? We're watching, not the murder board, but we yeah. get to see the putting together of the murder board, okay? Mm-hmm. We're seeing mm-hmm. pictures, we're seeing her write on them. It has a crafting feel, okay? She has gone to Michael's, Hedney. Yeah. She has gone to Joanne's for that thread and she is trying to figure out how do all these people connect? And this is my favorite scene and I wish it was 30 minutes, but it's not.
1: Wow, and I'm thinking, like, hearing you say this, like, when we make our movie, we should take it one step back where it's, like, we are in the Michaels with them. Yes. And, you know, yes. and maybe that they, while they're there, they're like, do I need some fake snow? It's not for the board, but I, Christmas is coming up. <laughs> you know, like, we see them doing, like, maybe some other errands, too. Yes, we do love an errand day. Um. Okay, so the next day, Hollis gets a visit from the detectives again where they say she had a motive and opportunity, and so it feels like they're really narrowing in on Hollis being kind of the number one suspect. Yes, yes.
0: And I will say this though: I immediately said never talk to cops without a lawyer present. This is but a she's little a bit. Lawyer.
1: Well, but she's not yet. She ain't even passed the bar. She a paralegal. But- Hollis slash Tony slash Becky is not going to go, I can't handle this by myself. Of course she's
0: not, but she should because these are all for felons, for people who know that the system is trash. They do a lot of dumb stuff. I say you're trying to stay out of prison. You ain't trying Mm -hmm. to go back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she's just out here talking to folks. Especially when we know Detective Lincoln is like, you're a murderer, I hate you. Like, Detective Lincoln is so biased, I almost expected her to plant evidence, honestly. Because <laughs> she, she's, like, not having it.
6: Wow. You know, Miss Morgan, I can't say blame you for being upset. Learning that your husband betrayed you and your friend. They're out living the good life, buying big houses, smoking expensive cigars. You're in prison reading books.
3: That's cute. I didn't kill
6: him. Good try, though.
0: But then, back in her office, we see Avery, a.k.a. Eddie Cibrian, and he brings her a cup of tea. He's like, I know you like tea. Chamomile. And then we also learn that the old lady who has the estate, at first it seemed like a simple, straightforward, you know, will, like putting together other will,
1: you find out she actually has a lot of assets, okay? Which, does she had a rich lady vibes. She did. That, she did. That, you, you're not taking her on as a client if she does not have money. You know. No, I know that law firm. I I'm was, like, this is not. Pro that w- it would have been more shocking to me if they were like, she has no money. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta break it to Marla Wilson that she lost all her money in the stock market. <laughs> it's like, no, of course she has money.
0: But then we also learn, which is important little tidbit, you know, uh, that Avery knew Hollis was a felon, but hired her anyway.
1: Can I ask you a question?
3: Why'd you hire me, knowing that I was a felon?
6: One, you were honest with me. Two, I believe your ex-husband abused your trust. And three, you're brilliant. (laughs) Oh, and four, I
7: believe in second chances. Thank you.
0: So that's V important, okay? So he's someone, obviously he's... Because that's what I thought at first. At first I was like, does he know, right? Is this like a big secret she's keeping from everyone around her? But we like, oh no, her boss knows. So it's like, okay, she's not like, you know, living in shame
1: or something. He really goes all in. And so it's like, I'm loving Eddie at this point. Okay, so then we see Hala. She goes to Miller's house to see what info he was able to get from like hacking into Rory's bank statements. Idiot, I do have to say, when you put a, a book club together... Do make sure everyone has individual talents. Absolutely, um, you because... need special skills.
0: Special skills from everybody. Yes,
1: and you always need a hacker. And Lifetime always has a hacker when you need one. But also, um, really
0: quickly though, when they're when the book club is researching Rory, did you notice how they were like he had millions of dollars and no friends? Yes. And I thought, uh, and I say, what a dream. I was gonna say, could this be my life? It's like, would I be
1: willing to have millions of dollars and no friends? Yes. I tell people all the time: if I have a yacht, I'm sailing away, and you're never seeing me again. <laughs> I'm starting from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Can I God. come? No, you can't come. I'm making new friends and I will, they'll probably be the people I pay to be my staff.
0: <laughs> I love that for you. I think you are making really smart choices, Megan. You
1: can come. I'll keep you and CJ and probably my child. <laughs> well, but you know, ch- I'm going to I'm Eddie Sibiron and saying, you need to write out a very strict contract that this little baby, <laughs> And his daddy, they're not getting any of this. (laughs) Keep them away from me.
0: Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Yes, we both aim to have millions of dollars and no friends.
1: I'm happy for us. (laughs) Yeah, they I love that they meant it as a bad thing and we both took it as oh, great. My dream.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, he had enough friends to now look into his murder. I'm like, okay, you had enough people. You had a book club,
1: millions of dollars and no friends. Perfect. You're his friends. That that funeral was packed. The only thing we don't want is a sad funeral. I mean, like, not empty. of course we want it sad. We don't want an
0: empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a poorly
1: attended one. Um, Okay, so what Miller was able to find out from the bank statements is that Rory was blackmailing Hollis. But Hollis says, no, he wasn't. Hmm? Where did you get that idea?
2: At one of the meetings, he pointed in your direction, and he said that he had something on you. You know, she's gonna owe me
0: big time. So Miller assumed that he was pointing at Hollis, but Hollis is like, mm, "No!" And then immediately cut to Hollis sitting down with Abby, <laughs> and she's and and Hollis is like, "Were you being blackmailed?" And this is what I love. <laughs> I love how quickly Hollis knew exactly who to turn to. Yep. And it is, and this is further proof. I'm like, okay, she's a detective. She knows everything. Also. Abby was the one who we still didn't really know why she went to jail. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, you Mm -hmm. are the wild card. And when Hollis asked her, Abby is like,
3: yeah, sort of, listen to this. So um, was Rory blackmailing you? Because Miller said Rory pointed at me during one of the meetings and said he had something. But he was actually talking about you,
6: wasn't he? I, I don't know. What he was. Did he dig up something from your past? Something Michael doesn't know about. Okay, look, I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of that seemed necessary at the time, but. Uh, I've been there, I've done that. I lived in Seattle before I came here. I went to prison because I was greedy. Theft by deception, fraud. Call it whatever you want. It doesn't sound like you. You don't know the person I used to be. I ran through every penny I had, and eventually I started thinking of ways to take in other people's money. When I got out, I wanted a clean slate. I got a first start with a little help from a friend. Yes, Jeffrey. Yep. Yeah. He introduced me to Michael, and we were married within a year. So how much of your past does Michael know about? Not as much as Rory. If he knew everything, it would destroy him. It would destroy us. So, okay, let me get this straight. You and Rory
3: were friends, mm-hmm. and all this time he was blackmailing you? Well, more like threatening to blackmail me.
6: Isn't that blackmail? Okay, with Rory, it's a little hard to tell sometimes. That's true. At any rate, I wasn't about to let him drive me away from the club. You guys are the only family I have besides Michael. Listen, I went back to the house the night he was killed, thinking I could finally convince him to stop milking me for cash. Mm -hmm. When I approached the house, I saw another car peeling out of the driveway. Might have been the killer. Actually, it was you. Yeah. You were acting so strange when we left. I thought something had gone down between you two, so I changed my mind and I went home.
3: Have you have to tell the police. And
6: further implicate you?
3: If they find out you've been withholding information, you could be in trouble. I'll be fine.
6: I always
1: am. Okay, wow. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is funny, too, mm-hmm. that... Hollis is able to get her to spill it immediately. And it's yeah. like her own husband doesn't know. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who we have seen, I think, just once. And they shared like a very awkward kiss at the funeral. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and know. I like, kept like, thinking oh, that was going to come piece. into play. Michael. Michael. I thought he was a side piece. I thought, you know I mean? The way they kissed, I was like, oh,
0: is he like yeah. a married man or something? <laughs> so, oh, but also what I don't like too is, like, you know, Hollis is like, you got to go to the police and tell them What you saw. I'm like, Hollis, you real quick to get yourself implicated even more. You out here trying to expunge your record, not make a new one. She
1: up in here. I said, Hollis, you've got to think it through. If anything, (laughs) what she really needs to do, and this isn't kind or good, but that's the the pace I'm on with this episode already, is leave this damn book club. Because if you go (laughs) to a judge and be like, so who are your closest friends? Oh, this group of ex-cons, one of them just got murdered too. It's like, okay, no. (laughs) No, I, I say nuns, say exactly. little kittens, babies. <laughs> Especially because it's like, oh, my group of friends, we only read
0: books about murders, and the last person died in the way somebody in the book did. Like that's the thing. You need to also diversify the books, okay? Because if you're only reading murders, that doesn't look good. We got to get Tuesdays with Maury up in the rotation. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we need the man who mistook his wife for a hat. Okay, something heartwarming. Anyway, anyway, I'm off Chicken the Chicken
1: soup for the ex-con soul. <laughs> um, so then the next day, Hollis is at home and she gets a call and she finds out Abby is missing. Hello. And she goes to tell the detectives. And of course, they're like, well, she's probably missing because of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I loved it. It was like,
0: well, you were the last person to see her. So obviously you yeah. did something.
6: Last book club member to see Mr. Sharma alive. Last member to talk to Mrs. Caldwell. Seeing a bit of a pattern here.
1: (laughs) And she's like, damn it, I knew I shouldn't have come here.
0: It's like, it's just so funny. I was like, because even her going, they're like, uh-huh, you did it. No matter what. It's like, Hollis, stop talking to cops. What did yeah. I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> but then we see the detectives interview a bunch of Rory's acquaintances. Like, remember, no friends, but he has acquaintances and you know, business associates. And so you see like, kind of like a little montage, cuts of different people saying stuff. And one guy says, like, something that sounds like it might be about Hollis. Because basically he's like,
8: He said there was this woman that went down from one of the scams he pulled. He regretted it. Said he wanted to make it up to her.
0: So now, of course, this, again, gives the detectives more reason to talk to Hollis. Right. And Gene, Gene, who works in real estate, somehow got Rory's phone records. I said, bless. Maybe he has ties to the city.
5: So, um, I did a deep dive in Rory's cohorts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went years back in his social media accounts, contacts and emails, thanks to Miller, by the way. Uh, Lots of calls from unknown numbers. Mm, Most likely. Um, There's one number that showed up repeatedly. It belongs to someone you know. Bill? Hollis? Do you think Bill killed Rory? Is he capable?
3: No, I don't
5: think. Maybe he had someone do it for him, or... Rory double-crossed him or threatened to roll over on him. Look, I know you don't want to talk to the guy, but you can't keep pulling it off. I
0: felt like Bill as a name for, like, an ex-husband criminal was very soft. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want his name to be something else. I don't know, but... I kept hoping it was going to be Bill Bellamy. (laughs) That's what I was hoping. <laughs> that would have actually been really good. We need to get <laughs> yeah. Bill Bellamy in these Lifetime movies. Yes. We do. Absolutely. But it's not Bill Bellamy. It's this other guy. And it's a guy who just shows up at her door in the middle of the night. Okay? At, and it was like, okay, she just said she don't want to talk to Bill. And then Bill's ass shows up. So I'm thinking, does he have a listening device in her, on her? But no, he oh, doesn't. You know what no. I mean? Because like, I'm like... I'm not even that smart. He's not. But I was also like, okay, you are like talking a lot to the dead man. We don't know nothing. And then you show up at the house and listen to him.
8: Okay, Becky, look. I just want you to know I never meant for you to take the fall in this. I
3: did not. Did you guys do business up until he was killed?
8: Okay. I met Rory a few years ago. He approached me with a business proposition. He said he was working with some dude named Achilles. And we teamed up. And we made a lot of money. And then we got caught, and well, I... I got caught. vori Rory assured me that everything would work out. He said without a record, you wouldn't do a day inside, let alone a full sentence. They, they, they... they do had... you know that, um, I'm a suspect in
3: Rory's murder?
8: That's why I'm here. To protect you. Protect me from who? What? Achilles and his men. Rory pissed them off. How? He he tried to pressure Achilles into making him an equal partner. So I'm pretty sure Achilles is the one who killed him. But he's trying to make it look like you did. Or or, or somebody from, from your book club. Anything else? I can help you, Becky. Huh? I know how these men operate. And I know you. I know you're not gonna stop until you get to the bottom of this, but they may kill you before you get there.
3: And you're gonna protect me?
8: Come with me, Becky. I can take you and nobody can find you. Not the police, not Achilles, nobody.
3: Why not just tell
8: the police what you just told me? No, I can't do that, okay? Not not without implicating myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see. <laughs> Thank you, okay. Hollis. Are you gonna and you're gonna protect me? That's a good
1: question, Hollis. Because he ain't gonna do nothing for you. No, he wants to take her abroad, which we all know just <laughs> makes you look guilty. Like she's guilty, like, I don't wanna guilty. run for like a crime I didn't even do. I, I just still. Can't believe she didn't turn on this man at some point and be like, he's the one who did it. I I because this I know. happened to Teresa and Joe Judy Jo Judice on yes, Real yes, Housewives yes. of okay. New Jersey, and they both went to jail. Okay. And I, she was like, I didn't know. I signed the papers. <laughs> and, it, and but then he went to jail for longer than her. So I don't know. Well, that's what makes sense. But also, let's point out we
0: now have two different housewives references. Okay. We've mentioned yep. Beverly Hills and New Jersey. And no, don't apologize. This shows you. What this movie is about, okay? This movie has a finger on the pulse. This movie is culture. This movie is now. Yeah. Okay. This movie is the moment.
1: Life, time. Absolutely. (sighs) Absolutely. Okay. So So, Bill's like, listen, I can't go to the police because then I would implicate myself. And it's like, like no one cares about that. (laughs) I know. No one cares about that, Bill. That's what but, we want.
0: <laughs> we exactly, exactly. And then the next day, the cops show up at Hollis's house, and you just see her sitting there as they search through all her stuff. And I have always wondered that. You know, like in the movies, when like a, the cops come and they want to search your yeah. house and they like rip it apart. Do they, they like yeah. rip
1: it apart and leave? Right, like it's on you to clean up all that crap. I think so. And then yes. I'm also wondering, do you get to just stay? <laughs> I think
0: you do like get a- to stay. Because you okay. want to watch and make sure they ain't doing nothing crazy anyway. But yeah, you obviously and you're can't like Vibrator
1: like- and You're like, that's not part of it. <laughs> um, we also do find out at this point, and this isn't even like really crucial to the story, but I wanted to flag it for everybody. We find out that um, Rory's girlfriend, Farah, her alibi was that she was sleeping with another man at the time that Rory was killed.
7: Look, everyone we interviewed had an airtight alibi. Okay.
3: What about Farrah?
7: She was sleeping with another man that night. Alibi corroborated. figures.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that for her.
0: Oh my God, Farrah. She's like,
1: I've got an alibi, so <laughs> I was cheating. What are we going to do now? And
0: she's like, was I even cheating if he was already dead? You know what I mean? Like, Farrah uh. is cold and I love her. Hollis goes back to Detective Faber and she tells him that Bill showed up and (sighs) Faber still kind of doesn't but he's still just like, it looks like you did it. It looks like you did
7: it. So was that it? Is that enough? Okay, let's just say that this uh, Achilles person actually killed Rory Sharma. Why on earth would he or she kill Abigail Caldwell?
3: I don't know. I mean, Rory has something on her. So maybe she tried to turn the tables and got caught up in the matrix, or maybe they killed her to keep her quiet. I don't know. that's a lot of maybes. Here's another one. Maybe if you do your job, maybe I wouldn't have to do it
0: for you. And then Hollis, as she's leaving, she has a flashback to Abby talking about a character in the book who faked her own death by like leaving something behind a on scarf, the ground. A scarf, yeah. The, okay, yeah. yeah, it was a scarf, right? Leaving the scarf behind to like trick people into thinking she was dead. So that immediately Hollis goes to the marina where she sees Abby coming off a boat with a rolly suitcase. Dead. Dead in the dead. middle of
1: the day. <laughs> not not a hat not a sunglass, not a turtleneck zipped up. Like, Abby is out in the open (laughs) like she's being dropped off at the airport. And I'm like, Abby, (laughs) listen, you did the scarf and everything. Can't you get like a Groucho Marx? (laughs) (laughs) What is she doing?
0: Oh my God, Megan, we gotta take a break because this sent me. Abby in a rolly suitcase sent me and I have to just get myself back together. (laughs) Okay, we back. Abby was going to the airport via the marina, <laughs> as Megan has pointed out, and she immediately sees Hollis, and they have a talk. And Hollis is like, oh, "You caught me." It's like,
1: yeah, <laughs> duh. I know. Was anyone and now, even looking for her? I'm so
0: confused. I know. Well, because it's like she's an adult who hadn't been missing for 24 hours, so you know they probably didn't do anything yet. But yeah. listen, listen to this as Hollis tries to reason with Abby.
3: You planted the scarf, didn't you?
6: guilty. Why would you fake your death? I never said I was dead. The police concluded. Wait a minute, hold so. up. Was,
3: was Rory and his friends blackmailing you? Did they threaten to kill you? Do they think you know their identity? Okay, whoa. Well,
6: Nancy Drew. I'm just trying to figure out my next move. You mean your
3: next identity. We thought you were dead. We were completely heartbroken.
6: And what about Michael? Collateral damage. Look. I'm sorry. I just needed to watch what happened from afar. And what does that mean? How involved were you with Roy? I told you. Anyone who said dealings with him is under scrutiny. I know. I'm
3: going to need you to show your face. I can't. The police think I killed you. It's just a matter of time before they charge me. my freedom means anything to you, girl, if my life means anything to you, you'll come out of hiding and talk to the police.
6: If I don't... Wow.
3: Guess I'm just collateral damage to you, too.
0: Well, damn. You know what, though? I get it. I get where Abby's coming from. Abby said... Shit is getting crazy. Let me remove Mm -hmm. myself from the toxicity. That's
1: what she said. So then we get another Bill sighting. (laughs) He comes back. Becky,
8: I'm leaving the country for good. It's not safe for me here. As long as I'm around, it's not safe
1: for you either. I wish you would come with me. And he asked her to come with him. And she's like, no, you damn idiot.
0: (laughs) So then it's book club night again. (laughs) Again, every night is book club. Every night.
1: And Abby walks in like, you found me. (laughs) All right. All right. One at a time, guys.
6: Oh, my God.
0: And it was just so funny because... They really did, like, it all stopped for a second. You know, they look at her, and then it's just like, all right, you back. Come on, we got work to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. We've got a book to just talk about. Well, we got a book to use to tell us how a man died, basically, because then they all start to talk about how someone could have actually poisoned him, you know? And they're mm-hmm. using the books that they've read to help them crack the case, which is, this is where, like, you know, you're living your fantasy, Megan. You're Mrs. Mm-hmm. Marple energy, you know? Yes. Um, and then... Who comes in? But detectives Faber and Lincoln—they love stopping by, and they both think it's Hollis. And then I called it like an "Oh, Captain, my Captain" moment because basically each because basically they're saying Hollis is the one who had motive and opportunity, and it's all on her. Yes. So -hmm. then everybody else except for Miller. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Everybody—they all stand and they they pretty much give the reasons why they could have also killed Rory. Basically saying, Mm -hmm. like, everyone's a suspect. Listen to this.
6: Rory was blackmailing me. So if Hollis is a suspect,
5: then I should be one too. He threatened out a man I was dating on the down low. If I didn't help him uncover secrets of some very important people in town.
8: Rory helped me start my business, but he knew stuff about me. Stuff that would be damaging enough to make me a suspect.
5: Well, well guess we should all be suspects, detective.
7: Don't oh, let me. I didn't deal with him. Did it?
1: Yes very heartwarming. I love I love Miller. Oh, not me. Yeah. I didn't deal with him. Yeah. But he does stand up. He stands. He's like, "I'm here in solidarity." But it definitely wasn't me. But see, at this point I'm thinking it's him or Eddie Sibrian and it's mostly just cuz I don't trust Eddie Sibrian's face. Okay? And and I at this point have completely forgotten we're searching for a murderer. <laughs> no I was like oh my god I don't because usually you know in Lifetime I'm like this is the person and I was like oh my gosh I don't even know who the person could be I'm still caught up on Farrah and her cheating that I'm like who's that guy (laughs) that I'm like it must be some unknown have we heard about Achilles yet yes so the first time yeah the first time Bill shows up he's like you know I
0: think you're in danger because Rory was killed. There was this man named Achilles. That's all I knew about him is that that was his name. He was a bad guy. Rory was working with him. And I think he had something to do with Rory's death, right? And Rory wanted
1: like a 50-50 partnership with Achilles. And Achilles was like the man about town and was fighting that. Right. He was a powerful man.
0: And so they're like, I think he killed Rory because- Roy wanted to like, you know, get more. But again, it's like, okay, who's Achilles? We don't even know. You can't even search it's like you search you Google Achilles, you're gonna get every, you know, Greek book you ever read read in middle school. So it's like not gonna help you. We need more information. And it's no, also it's
1: clearly a pseudonym. And I also don't trust anything out of Bill's mouth. So Yes. <laughs> okay. But uh, Hollis does because she goes in the middle of the night to mm-hmm. meet Bill at an abandoned warehouse. that say it, he says it again, Achilles, Megan. Say it again. Uh, middle of the night at an abandoned warehouse that Achilles owns. I had to step it out. This is
0: psychotic. To be meeting someone, yes. someone who already put you in prison, you meet them at an abandoned warehouse? Make it make sense.
1: So Hollis is like, listen, I've never asked you for anything, and I did not rat on you. So right. you owe me this one thing. You need to go to police and tell them what you know about Rory. And then she goes down all of the stuff that he has done to her.
3: Let me remind you what you did for me. You tricked me into signing fraudulent documents. You watched the police haul me away in handcuffs. You walked out on me. You divorced me when I was convicted. You never came to see me. You never put money on my books. You never called me. You never sent me one single letter. And the day I got out of prison, you were nowhere to be found. That's what you did to me.
0: I couldn't believe. I said, you didn't even hook up her commissary. He didn't even make it so she could go to the dang vending
1: machine. Can you imagine? She brings it up multiple times, too. And she I don't blame her. mad about those snacks. I don't blame her at all. If, okay. some, if you take the fall for someone, they need to hook you up with some Funyuns on the inside. <laughs> Thank you? At the and very he's like, least. He's like, listen, I couldn't do any of that stuff because then I would have been in trouble, too. You can't give her Snack
0: money? Yeah. I'm like, what do you think? It's like, we all know you're, everyone knows you're on the outside, right? So why couldn't you have just sent her snack money? It doesn't yeah, make he any filed sense. filed for
1: divorce. He's the one that filed for divorce. <laughs> oh, right, right, uh, right. God, so, Bill is the worst. Uh, he's the worst. So then he's like, come with me again um, to whatever, you know, economy flight he has booked. <laughs> and she's like, You want to do something for me? I do. Go to the police. Or not. And then she walks out on him. Yep. And then what
0: happens two seconds later, girl? She hears a gunshot. Okay? I'm telling you legit, as soon as she is, like, out the door, there's a gunshot. She runs back in, and we see Bill has been shot in the chest, and he is dead.
2: Because when I
1: heard the gunshot, I thought it was going to be self-inflicted. Me too. Me too. But then when we see it in the chest, I'm like, oh, no, that's we've got another murder on our hands. Oh, my God. And so who shows up again? Obviously, Hopefully. this has all happened in
0: the same jurisdiction because Detective Lincoln and Detective Faber, they come in. And at this point, honestly, now I'm starting to understand. I'm like, OK, Detective Lincoln, I see maybe why you keep thinking she a murderer. Because every time she leaves somewhere, somebody dead.
1: And but man- the flip side, hunky hunk is like, did you kill him? And she's like, no. And he's like, all right, go home. <laughs> and then Lincoln's like, yeah, I'm going to need your coat so I can test for gunshot residue.
0: That's like so insane, especially also you're supposed to test people's hands for gunshot residue. You do that in the moment, you wipe it with a little like wipey thing and then you put the light over it and you see if there's residue. And so that should have already happened. So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe it's not on her hands, but it's on her coat. Lincoln, you're grasping. Okay, you're grasping. But (laughs) then Hollis gets home and she's like looking at her true detective murder board that she's made in the kitchen. And then we just see a bunch of flashbacks of Eddie Sibrian doing stuff.
2: Person to watch is the one watching you the closest. Hollis. Hot
3: tea. I'm impressed. how you know? Oh, a good attorney pays attention.
2: Hmm. I need to get this. Let's just say we have some mutual acquaintances.
7: Avery good morning Good
1: morning And then your theory starts to click of like oh wow, maybe Eddie Cyprian is Achilles. Well, first of all, I told you
0: that face can't be trusted. Second of all, you're not bringing us Eddie Sibrian just to be in the, on the sidelines. Okay? Eddie Sibrian's not there to just be like, I'm a nice boss. You got to well, give him something then. to do.
1: Sibrian <laughs> needs something I've, to do. I thought he was just there as eye candy. And I said, mommy, like. Um, so then <laughs> Hollis goes to her law firm, her office, in the middle of the night. She goes into Eddie's office, Avery's office and there is basically a murder picnic set up. There's <laughs> brandy, brandy on his desk. There's paint on his jacket which was from Rory's house because at one point he's like, "Don't touch the wall. The paint is still drying." Yeah. And there's cigars. The, so yeah. Hollis goes to call Abby to ask what color the paint was
0: in Rory's house. To, but I was like Two things. You think I will remember the color of a paint in somebody's doorway when I went there one time? No, I wouldn't. Second of all, she's going to be like, it's Robin's egg white. And then (laughs) she's going to look at it?
1: Maybe she's an interior decorator. Maybe. I think you could be a felon in that.
0: Oh, definitely. That's an option. But... So basically she's starting to put it together. And as you mm-hmm. said, it's a murderous picnic. So then the next day the book club starts to build their case on Avery. You know, we know that he owns the building that Bill was killed in. And he, Bill said Achilles with the parties, right? That. So now yeah. we know Avery Achilles. They install a tracker on his car so they can see what he's up to, okay? And then randomly we find out that Rory gave Rena a million dollars to start her own fashion line. Okay, okay. A million dollars cash. And he was like...
2: Well, starting a business takes a lot of money. So, here's a lot of money. Is this a joke? The only thing I ask as your silent partner slash investor is that you make me a custom suit every now and then. Maybe a few shirts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. And this isn't even that. So, like... Rena also had had no motive. She but she didn't out herself in the moment like Miller did. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like, no, he just like gave me money and with my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Then,
0: okay, this is what I didn't understand. I needed you to help me with this part. Hollis walks to her car, right? And she's like, I need a picture of the place where Bill was killed so I can connect Avery to it. Yeah. Well, what does she need a pi- I don't understand why I the picture, because we all know where he was killed
1: because the police were there, right? So you know the address, yeah. and then you just I, say he owned it's, the place. It's something with the lipstick, that it used to be a lipstick factory. I, it also does not make sense, but- she needed to have this phone call because little does she know Avery Hot Eddie Cyprion is in the same parking structure, duh, because they work in the same law office. Thank you. And he's standing just one like parking turn below her and he hears Wait. the whole thing. Honey, if you don't is... talk,
0: think, this is what I mean, Megan. She needs to get <sighs> in her car and then start talking. Don't be having these yeah. conversations just out in the open when the killer works where you work. I mean... Oh, Lord. So then, of course, Hollis goes back to the scene of Bill's murder. And as she's about to take a picture, what happens? Avery comes out, knocks over the back of the head with a crowbar. Come on now.
1: (gasps) Ouch. So then we see Hollis is tied up and Avery begins his classic lifetime villain ramble. Yes.
4: Um, and he
1: actually set his office up to look like the murder picnic I reference because uh-huh. he's like, listen, I wanted you to find it, but on my terms. Hmm. So, and then we find out Rory begged Avery to hire Hollis and Avery is Achilles. So then Hollis is like, listen, I can finish the story. Listen to this.
7: I could walk you through all the details, because I know how much you love
6: a good murder mystery. You really do, don't you?
3: Let me narrate. Rory threatened to expose your entire operation. You slipped in through the courtyard doors and exchanged the brandy and the cigars for poisonous ones, just like in the book. I guess my question is, did you plan on his ex-con friends being there that evening? Or was that just, I don't know... Convenience. You were clever, Hollis. I always like that about you. No, you got scared. You thought I might be able to convince Bill to go to the police. So you killed him too. The end? Not quite. All this magnanimous pro bono work for rich old ladies like Marla, just another way for you to take advantage of people and steal their money. Bottom line, you're a mind-cheating, murderous, money-grubbing son of a bitch.
1: And then he claps like a maniac. <laughs> Such a maniac. He
0: looks so scary. I really like the way this scene looked. I know that we're not here to talk about film form, but I love the way this looked. Again, slick, Shondaland, gorgeous. Yeah. He's terrifying me. And then he pours a giant circle of gasoline around her. Uh, touches her face. Oh God, I shivered. And he's like, you know, we could have, we could have been a great team. We could have had something. And then he drops his lit cigar on the gas, walks out saying, good night, Hollis, ee! as she's in a ring
1: of fire, like Johnny Cash. Honey! Oh my gosh. So Hollis Honey. starts screaming, screaming, screaming. Ah, help, 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 help. And then she <laughs> knocks over the chair and then Miller runs in and saves her because we forgot he was tracking Avery's car. Yep. So the police are already outside. They arrest Avery. Hollis gets checked on by some paramedics. And um, Miller is like, can you not ask her any damn questions right now? <laughs> I know Lincoln Lincoln shows up, Detective
0: Lincoln. And of course it's like, she knows she's been in the wrong, but she's like, not suitably. No, she's
1: still You know, she's still got attitude. An attitude.
0: Exactly. And he's like, no questions, please. Which I was yes. like, I understand Miller. And then We also find out that Miller disabled Avery's car engine so he couldn't get away.
1: I said I love it.
0: I love it. Miller, you're still very weird and uncomfortable acting, but you are good and you are very helpful.
1: Yeah. So Hollis is basically released to go home um, and she sees Detective Faber. They wave. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they've got something going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. who could blame her? That's what you, I was gonna say. You said who
0: could blame her? You were very into D- Detective Faber. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Hollis at her record expungement hearing. So this is basically her and a judge, and then who comes to support her? But our murder club friends. Yep. And who walks in after a couple of minutes? But Detective Faber. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she starts to read a statement, and then she just was like, you know, that thing where someone's like, "Put the paper away. I'm gonna be real." Yep.
3: I have dreams, Your Honor. I really need this certificate to prove to society that I've learned my lesson. There's not a day that goes by that I. That I don't think of those people that I've hurt. And I'm motivated. I'm, I'm so motivated to helping others. And committed to doing that, Your Honor. For the rest of my life.
0: And the judge basically says, you know- I've received a lot of letters on your behalf, but the one that stands out the most is the one that I received from the Old City Police Department.
6: Apparently, you were recently a suspect in a murder investigation. Along with that communication came a memo from Detective Jonathan Faber, who has some very strong opinions about your request for a petition of rehabilitation. And he highly recommends that your request be granted.
1: I
3: am inclined to do so. <sighs>
0: Petition for expungement is hereby approved and awarded to the petitioner.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank
0: you. So now we find out Faber is out here being an ally, a support system. He is an attractive man. He's an attractive yeah. man who's also like, I'm going to help you start a new life. Now he's the opposite of Bill. We love
1: it. Yes. We love it. So they share a little moment afterwards, and he congratulates her. And then he gives her another one of his, like, police detective cards. And she's like, another card? And then he flips it over, and on the back is his personal cell phone number. Hello. He's like, reach out and touch me, girl. So you Wow. Move. You know. Okay. So then the murder group is walking out. In excitement, very Breakfast Club. Yes, and yes. they're like, "Yes, it's Expunge. We solved a murder. Rory's dead. We're sad. Whatever." Um, <laughs> and then they get, they all get like text messages or alerts, that their friend, Detective Jeffrey Wallace, the parole officer that put them all in the book club together, has been murdered. Guys, you need a
5: drink. Uh, guys,
1: Guys. Oh my, oh my, what is
3: this going on my phone like this? Jeffrey Wallace has been murdered? hello, hello, we end
0: with a brand new case, okay? The end of the movie says, come back for more. And this is what I love though, okay? Because they end it like that because Lifetime has a plan for us all, okay? They got us because you can see the sequel to this, Fallen Angels Murder Club, colon, Heroes and Felons on Saturday, April 9th at 8 p.m. So obviously we have to be there. We have to see this immediately. It is intense and they've got us on the edge of our seats. Oh God, the chestnut sexuality of i Angels' excited.
1: I'm I'm sad Jeffrey Wallace is dead, but I'm excited, and I'll probably be bedridden by April 9th. So <laughs> I will be following this, and I hope we get some Hollis Faber like love intertwined yeah, 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 yeah. in this story too. At least like one romantic date, and then maybe like I can't do this, and then like they do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week, I love the title of this. This is bringing together a lot of my interest. It is called Killer Dream Home. When happy couple Jules and Josh buy their dream house on a magnificent estate, Woo-hoo. they recruit beautiful Morgan to help them with the interior design. Unaware, Morgan has history with the house and will stop at nothing to make it her own. Okay, yes. First of all, when the couple's
0: names are alliterative, I'm in mean, Jules and Josh. Okay, yeah. already. Magnificent estate. Okay, given what Lifetime tells us is like a shabby home, I can't wait to see their idea of a magnificent estate.
1: Oh this my This is going to be
0: so and-
1: We're calling the interior designer beautiful. And it's like, that's a red flag, Jules. (laughs) Absolutely. So you can watch on LifetimeMovieClub.com. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash podcast to sign up for a seven-day free trial if you haven't already.
0: I mean, you guys, there is a lot to watch, a lot to do. So we will see you next week. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie... We talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out another awesome Lifetime podcast. The Table is Ours. It's hosted by two fabulous Black women in entertainment who sit down with some of their favorite Black icons to discuss how Black identity has informed, empowered, and fortified their lives and careers.
1: This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. Our
0: editor and sound designer is David Tattashore. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples.
1: And hosted by Naomi and Megan.
0: You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay?
1: (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits.
4: (laughs) Planning for your next trip?